Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to our wrestling podcast. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. And now, the following podcast is scheduled for one fall. And today's topic, Survivor Series Greatest Matches and Moments. Welcome to the OWP. This is our wrestling podcast. This is Dave along with Jess. Hi, Dave. <laughs> and cuz. What? Bringing you our perspective on the world of professional wrestling. No inside sources, no ties to the industry, just stories from the diehards. Sharing opinions with you. And now on to our topic today. Survivor Series Greatest Matches and Moments. As always, you can reach us via Instagram at OWP2019, SoundCloud at Our Wrestling Podcast, YouTube at Our Wrestling Channel, or do the easy thing, download WrestlePost. It's an app at no charge to you, and join us along with other great podcasts of the day. Guys, last week we had a pretty decent episode talking about uh, the history of Survivor Series, how it came to be, uh, what some great transitions of Survivor Series were. Uh, today we are going to shift gears on that. We're still in the light. We're still one week away from Survivor Series taking place on pay-per-view on the WWE Network. How'd you guys feel about last week's episode? And what do you think we're going to talk about today? I liked it. I, I thought last week we did a pretty good job at just kind of getting the aura of what Survivor Series was and what it morphed into. And, you know, we kept it pretty positive and a nice little nutshell. And this week, we're going to highlight some of the individual matches and moments, kind of like we did a WrestleMania episode a couple weeks back. And uh, I'm 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 fucking pumped up, Dave. <laughs> pumped up, cuz. How about you? I'm ready, man. It's my birth month. It's the Survivor Series birth month. Oh, Jesus. Let's do That's this. Right, I and there's some <laughs> turkey. Okay. Let's well, talk the turkey of Survivor right, Series. Then. Is that is Come that on, on the list? And as always, you can follow us on uh, OWP. <laughs> ah. Jesus I just want Christ. to make sure that the gobbledygooker is nowhere in these notes. Okay, good. All right. So you guys no, I purposely, I purposely didn't do that. <laughs> yeah. So thank God for that. Uh, but anyways, yeah. we're going to talk about some pretty cool stuff. Gobble, gobble. Uh, the first one does not disappoint. Um, uh, very, very good notes here, Jess. The, the match itself was a minute 26. The interests of these guys were much longer. Um, we're talking about Brock Lesnar versus Goldberg in Survivor Series of 2016. Uh, very interesting match. Jess, give us the backstory. You know, this is Goldberg's second time around. Uh, talk, yeah, talk to you know, the first, works the first everybody knows he he rose to prominence in WCW sure. and he kind of built his little aura then. And uh, after WCW got bought, he came aboard uh, in WWF, E, I think it was E at this point, in 2003, and they really mishandled him and they didn't understand Vince was going through the phase of, you know, uh, anybody who comes from WCW, we're going to break him. And we're going to. And so he just like, did not want to the whole key with Goldberg, whether you think he can work or not is irrelevant. The whole thing of Goldberg was a lot like the warriors character. He comes in, he creates havoc, he destroys, he wins, he leaves. That's the whole thing about Goldberg. 
yes, eventually you do want him to learn a little bit, especially if you're going to make him champion. He's got to kind of, you know, have competitive matches with the top tier talent for sure. But at the same time, like the whole buildup of a Goldberg is to have him come in, spear, jackhammer, go home. And that's what they did not really do when they brought him in in 2003 in WWE. They tried to really, from the beginning, I remember a particular skit with fucking Goldust. They put Goldust's Ugh. wig on him. And they tried to do like a comedy bit. And that really just killed him. And then they did that whole thing where they fucked up on the production queue where Goldberg was chasing. Oh, I don't remember gosh. who he was feuding with. And like it was, a, it, he couldn't start the car one time. And like it was all <laughs> bad. They just, they, they tried to overthink him and they tried to really give him personality. When Goldberg's personality is this. Who's next? Yeah. That's his fucking personality. It doesn't go any deeper than that to try to make him funny or deep or whatever. No, you're totally missing the point. He was never going to be a rock, you know, or an Austin or whatever. Um, as far as like personality is concerned or a Hulk quite frankly, and, you know, he didn't have to be right. No, you're absolutely right. That's hundred percent my point. And yeah. so that when they brought him back this time, survivor series of all shows, was when, you know, usually they bring back a big name for Mania or SummerSlam and try to sell the pay-per-view or bring Batista back or bring Triple H is coming out of retirement to bury someone else or whatever, like, oh, no. or whatever. Um, <laughs> well, it's true. Or The Rock's coming back for some shit. Rock's coming back to do something. And uh, mm. so this one was like they brought Goldberg back to face uh, Brock at Survivor Series of uh, 2016. So it's kind of cool. You know, they're bringing him back and they did some cool promos back and forth and it was good, you know? And then the match out of nowhere was like Dave said, a minute and 26 seconds. Goldberg came and fucked Brock Lesnar up. The biggest name in the company, the guy that they made beat Brock Lesnar, or sorry, excuse me, the guy that they made beat John Cena at SummerSlam destroyed him and took him to Suplex City and all this stuff. And we, we were Let, there, they, yes. it was fantastic. Instantly, we were there. Instantly, they made Goldberg relevant again because this guy, Brock Lesnar, they've been pushing for a couple of years like this unstoppable force. And he comes in, he just takes you to Suplex City and he fucks you up and all that. Goldberg beats him in a minute and 26 seconds. Goldberg hit Lesnar with a spear! A spear from out of nowhere! Goldberg may shock the world! Goldberg looking to end this early! Lesnar's hurt! Lesnar's hurt! Anybody expected this sort of dominance right out of the gate from Goldberg. The beast may be on the verge of getting slayed. Instantly. How fucking hard was that? How hard was that to do? It was awesome. I wasn't mad. It was only a minute and 26 seconds. You want to know why? Because I didn't want to see what a minute and 27 seconds looked like. Because I didn't want I didn't want nah, Saudi Arabia to happen. You know, yeah. I didn't want any of that to happen. Yeah, so I loved it. I loved it. It was awesome. It was fucking awesome. Yeah, in hindsight, when you really look at it, he was booked the way uh, he could be most successful, and that's literally just tearing somebody's head off. Like you said, minute thirty. Well, and this is longer. crazy. Like this is crazy. They they just told a story about a monster that came in there and killed people, and that was the end of the story. That's weird, isn't that weird? How when yeah. you tell a great story and it makes sense, and that's that. You know, they didn't do it with a guy who was five foot eight and one hundred ninety pounds. No, they did it with a guy who was six foot two, six foot three, and two hundred fucking seventy five, two hundred eighty pounds. That's what they did it with. And he came in, and and Goldberg was freakishly strong. He could do crazy shit in there. As far as like 
We've seen him press people and then fall into a power slam. And that's that takes strength and coordination. So Goldberg was talented and he was very coordinated. He was a great athlete. He just never was given the time to work. So you know what? What do you got? Okay, we're going to bring this guy back with some name value. What are we going to do? Are we going to play to his strengths and wrestle him for a minute and 26 seconds? Or are we going to put him out there for half an hour? Um, let's do a minute and 26. Me- sounds good. Why yeah. they did not have that mindset in 2003, I don't know. Because it was a different mindset back then. It was, yeah. fuck WCW guys, WWF guys, we won the war, so fuck WCW guys. But here, 2016, different story. They told a great story. Yeah, and it was time for Brock to to move on a little bit there. You know, to kind of, It's kind of time to cool, I guess you'd say. Um, and, and the same thing is, well, why doesn't Brock do that? Why does Brock toy with people, even though Kofi was a huge exception, which I still disagree with, you nope. know, beating Kofi in like 30 seconds. but. Yeah, you know, it's great for some people, but Brock's the kind of guy that toys with you. He pummels you for 20 minutes, and then he finally takes care of business after he almost loses. That's what Brock always does. So they they differentiate from that at SmackDown, and I disagree with that. He should have, he should have, you know, pummeled Kofi for 10, had Kofi do a comeback, and then beat him. Would have been great because that's what Brock does, right? And this is to Jess's point. This is what Goldberg does. Goldberg kills people in less than two minutes. That's the deal. Put a timer to it. You know, like uh, like what, what we were talking about with um, oh shoot, you know King Corbin. Wait, before he was King Corbin, you know they they would they would count the seconds until he pinned a guy. Yeah, that's the kind of and oh, now he's not even close to that character anymore, which really sucks. Uh, Let's you not know, talk so about So those kind of things are important to sticking to what people um, are. Dave. Can I interrupt for a second? Yeah. Obviously, you're missing the point. I mean, they found something that worked, and then they totally killed it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh. Oh, never mind. Uh, that so. proves your point. Never mind. Anyway, yeah. go on, Dave. Go on. Because that's what but, they fucking do um, in this company. It sparked Goldberg to win the Universal title and then rematch Lesnar at Mania 33. So it sets up, once again, just to your point, a perfect storyline going into the king of all pay-per-views, right? Good stuff. Good stuff. And Brock, and Brock beat him back. And the yes. match there, What's even the Mania that? match was what? The Mania match was what? Five minutes? Yeah. And it was Literally. Amazing. I mean, five minutes. <laughs> Doesn't it was matter. awesome. They fucking went out. They they, they speared each other through the barricade. It was like they were they big uh, Marvel did, superheroes fighting each other. Yeah, it was like it was like it was like a five minute match of nothing but high spots. No wear done holds. No nothing. And like it was all. This is exactly what I envision of two fucking rhinos or yes. two T Rexes fucking clashing together. It's it what, doesn't it's last what, long. T- the fuck. No, no, it would have been better. Like the only thing with the Survivor Series match, like. At first, I was like, what? And then, like, you know, a couple hours, I was like, that was actually pretty fucking genius. I, yeah. The yeah, only thing I, I, I always am adamant about, I wish, ever since Brock came back in 2012, I wish he was undefeated from the moment he came back up until that moment. Because you imagine the how much of a bigger deal that would have been. Yeah, because his first years, pay-per-view match back, his first pay-per-view match back, fucking Cena beats him. Yeah. Fucking stupid. Which, you, uh, like, you made the point, so though, sense. you guys made the point of how he destroyed Cena at, at uh, SummerSlam, and then the next year, how he fucking uh, brutalized Randy Orton and everyone else that he killed in between. If it wasn't for them doing a good job on that, you know, th- that's why I'm like, okay. The Goldberg you know, thing wouldn't have meant anything. Yeah. Yeah, but I yeah. got it. I can only wish that, to me, to me, just a personal missed opportunity. I, I feel like if he would have been undefeated since the moment he stepped back in WWE up until that point, God, the, the pop probably would have been louder than it was already. Which was fucking the payoff. The payoff would have been absolutely. I just yeah. I, I feel like they, that was a missed opportunity. You might as well because they Dave, built you better. Up. 
you better move on because Cuz is making too much sense and I can't handle it. I am. You better fucking move on. You better move on. It's true. It's true. It's true. Well, when we talk about Brock, so God damn it. We're gonna we're gonna get to a fantastic Piss. moment. I can't wait to hear. Can't wait to hear this theme music. And I'll tell you up front. I, gosh, I, I maybe I shouldn't put my opinion down too quick. I don't like this character. I love this guy. I agree. I don't like this character. You know. Um, but the thing about Survivor Series, this is another moment, right? And it's a moment that she lives in infamy. This, you know, back in 1990. This is probably the biggest Survivor Series moment yes. ever. Because I talked about it in the last episode, but go ahead. Like, well, you it, preluded big, to it. We knew it was coming. Everyone's like, how did you not talk about The Undertaker debut? Here it is, guys. We're going to talk about it right now. The Undertaker debuts in 1990. He is the... Yeah, Sorry, he, he's he's the mystery partner, right, of um, <clears throat> coming down with Brother Love. But I believe it was DiBiase's team, right, Jess? Yes, sir. So without further ado, I will introduce to you now my mystery partner, led to the ring by his manager, Brother Love, weighing in at 320 pounds from Death Valley. I give you... The Undertaker! <laughs> the Undertaker! The mystery partner is now revealed! I never heard of him! Oh, take oh, a holy cow! Look at the size of that ham hock! Check out them drumsticks, baby! 320 pounds, looks to be 6'9", 6'10", somewhere in that neighborhood, Rod! 6'10", I don't know, it's hard to tell from here! Yeah, so take it away, man. Tell us all about it. When he comes yeah, down. Yeah, you know, and, and it was uh, it was a classic formula of, like, just they were debuting a new character. He was a surprise. But the weird thing was, is like, they kind of made him just fucking plow through some people. And they do that with a lot of big guys. Don't get me wrong. But what they did with uh, Vince loved The Undertaker from the start. And Mark Calloway um, is a really talented person. And, you know, back when he first came in, in this point, and actually after this, we talk about his moment here, we're going to talk about a match of his. Um, sure. He was just, it was just, he was like the Terminator, where you could shoot him, light him on fire, fucking you know, put your dick in his mouth, whatever you want to do. And he just looks at you <laughs> and he's like, is that all you got? I'm, I'm still coming for you. Like, okay, um, which if someone put their dick in my mouth, if someone put their dick in my brother. mouth, I'd look at them right back and be like, is that all you got, motherfucker? And I'd just come right for him. Um, so that, that's what he did, and that's what the whole thing. absolutely so no sense. Okay. It doesn't. You're totally right, Dave. Can you let me finish my fucking story? <laughs> you don't have to crash my dreams. I know it okay. doesn't make sense, but Jesus okay. crackers. All right. Um, all right. Let me have my moment in the sun. God, <laughs> let me pull my penis out and put so- it in people's <laughs> mouths. Um, so, so yeah. That's so, like, this was like a cool di- So. It was. I remember watching it. I watched it live on pay per view, and I was like, "Okay, like, okay." And he was beating people. He beat Coco really quick, this and he beat scary. some other people. What the hell's going on, right? Yeah, this guy's scary, and he beat he Dusty like and death. all that. So, yeah, yeah. So, and then he doesn't win. He doesn't win because this was the year of the ultimate match of survival, like we talked about last week, and well, uh, so he doesn't win, which is perfect because Vince didn't want him to go to the match of survival because he knew. The ending was going to be Hulk versus Warrior standing side by side. So yeah. he didn't want Undertaker to lose his first night out. So I think it was a double count out with Dusty. He pulled Dusty outside the ring, and I think he beat the shit out of Dusty Rhodes. If, and I, like if I remember correctly, um, I, I could have sworn that Undertaker gets clotheslined out of the ring somehow, but he lands like right on his feet. 
Yes, he did that a lot. Yeah. yeah. So you so saw all that for the first time. When you though. saw that for the first time, you're like, that's a 320 pound man getting clothesline and out, out of the ring and landing on his feet. You never saw that before. And that, and then to Justice's point, it leads to a fight outside. It's a double count out. And that's the only reason why people say Undertaker just didn't, you know, sweep the team. It could have changed everything. But that's this is what's so great about storylines back in the day. Right, Jess? That's they were setting up for something bigger, you know? Yeah, so the and the and Survivor Series became known as the Undertaker's pay per view because on the 25th anniversary in 2015, um, he uh, it was all about the Undertaker like that night, and so the, he debuted on Survivor Series, not at WrestleMania, not at SummerSlam, not at Royal Rumble, at Survivor Series, and that's kind of why it's really irrelevant to this topic. And Undertaker is the hometown hero for Survivor Series. Damn, that means next year, the 30th, when it, we're. Do we know where it's going to be next year? Survivor the great, the greatest, get my backyard, the greatest <laughs> uh, character, the greatest character Vince ever created, I think was, was Undertaker. Yep. <sighs> I know. I know. It's, it's, it's all true. I just hate it. Yeah. It sucks. Um, uh, dead man. Go okay. on to my match. But <laughs> the next match. Yeah. So, but that's the thing. The reason, the reason why Undertaker does not mop the floor with everybody on this other team is because this is just to get him debuted, to get people going, wow, glad that's over. Um, I'm not really sure where that's going to go, but I don't want to find out. Guess what? They do find out. Undertaker ends up uh, facing Hulk Hogan in a match. I guess what? Survivor Series the very next year for the WWF title. The Undertaker had only been there for one year, you know, and, What's even more insane? <clears throat> sorry, what's even more insane about this is that the Undertaker actually does win that title, which is, I mean, who would have thought, you know, at that moment, that's what was going to happen, right? So th- this is just unbelievable stuff, Jess. Talk, talk about the match. Talk about the controversy following. Um, crazy stuff. So after the Hulk lost to the Warrior, and they named the pay per view the Ultimate Challenge, I learned my <laughs> lesson. Whenever they kind of name it, I was like, oh, Hulk's going to lose, right? So this became a string of, uh, this is called the Gravest Challenge, Ah. uh, if I may say so. So, of course, you know, me as a Hulkamaniac, I was like, he's not going to lose. But, like, of course, you look back, he is going to lose. But what was significant here is that it tied in the whole flair had come into the promotion, which was huge. He brought the WCW title with him. That was another big thing. We've talked about flair on past episodes in our archives, uh, specifically the flair versus Hulk. Uh, episode and one of our highest downloaded episodes i may add and mm. so it it seeing him face face hulk you thought okay maybe flair might come down and cause a dq ending or something like that or a count out hulk's not going to lose but hulk actually ended up losing the title here flair came in um distracted the referee put a chair in the ring undertaker tombstone hulk and probably the worst looking tombstone ever and uh, beat hulk one two three for the title now a lot of people might be saying like i thought greatest matches means like good match no the hulk versus undertaker match was not a good match at this point in time hulk was very out of shape and like very over the hill it's funny to say that because of what he became with the nwo later but um but he was very over the hill and tired hulkamania was getting tired here in 91 and undertaker was new and fresh and like so they the ending was kind of surreal because when he beat Hulk, I would say most of the arena booed, but some of the arena cheered. 
And you just kind of like got the impression that like Hulk was kind of done, like just kind of an odd. It was a very ominous feeling, which is funny because the taker character is ominous. And it made a lot of first of all, there was a title change and it was the first singles match in a Survivor Series, because like we talked about in the last yeah, episode, that's a big all deal. of them were five on five or four on four. This is the 1991 was the first year that they had the matches of survival and then a separate one-on-one match for the world title separately and Hulk loses. And so it was kind of, uh, again, it's the Undertaker's pay-per-view, right? He was his show a year later from his debut. He wins his first WWF championship. Oh, referees lost control of this one. Look at this. Flair with a chair, a steel chair. Oh. He got Paul dropped right into the steel chair. Wait a minute. One, come on. Yeah, only a year later, right? Yeah, I mean, God, yeah. Abs- absolutely phenomenal. And this even sparks more controversy coming up into it. Uh, well, we say controversy, but it's storyline controversy, right? Or kayfabe controversy. Uh, the Tuesday in Texas match, right? Hogan wins that title back. And leads the title to be invaded. Yeah, basically, what, what, what the, happened there? The, the 1991 Survivor Series was used as one big info commercial for the Tuesday night in Texas. Vince was feeling out the market, feeling out if he can kind of squeeze in another pay per view here. Didn't quite do it right away, but like the 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 controversy at the end of this match by Flair putting the chair in there, they issued what three days later or four days later on a Tuesday night in Texas because this match was. I want to say this was either Survivor, uh, Thanksgiving Eve or Thanksgiving. I don't remember. Because um, originally Survivor Series started out on Thanksgiving, and then they moved to Thanksgiving Eve, and then they just moved to the Sunday, like uh, in November. Um, but I, I can't remember if this was Thanksgiving Eve or Thanksgiving. But so that next Tuesday, they launched a pay-per-view called Tuesday Night in Texas, and Hulk and Taker rematch, and Hulk would beat Taker and win the title back. But again, the ending of that match saw Flair come down, Ashes were thrown out of the urn. People were just penises were put in people's mouths. And then after that, Jack Tunney stripped the title from Hogan, who won it back from the Undertaker that night and put it up for grabs in the Royal Rumble 92, which we will eventually get to in the history of the Royal Rumble, which I'm sure will be coming January. Yeah, that's going to be yes. fantastic. Just to spark on that briefly, I, I think when Flair wins this title, I you know, and I think it's been said, you know, winning the title at Rumble is what sparks whoever wins the Rumble getting the title shot, which has changed everything about how pay-per-views are constructed within the realm of WWE going forward. Um, it's 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 cool. You know, it, it instantly changes everything, but it's also the storyline you can actually follow. One of the few ones that are left that you can just go, okay, this guy's the push. More than likely, this guy is going to win it. And even then, they mess that up. I know, like, how in the heck is this guy getting a title shot? He came back for five minutes. Batista. Um, sorry. Um, but Dave. anyway, oh, I don't know. <laughs> calm down, man. But anyways, so you know, it's it's uh, it's quite phenomenal. You think about what this match sparked and what it changed. It changed Survivor Series. It changed the Royal Rumble. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of things, kind of like that butterfly fle- effect, if you will. So, man, good stuff. We're going to move on to another moment. We're going to go back in time a little bit to 1988. We're talking about demolition and the powers of pain. <laughs> 
So we never talked about in the first couple Survivor Series, they would have, you know, five on five match to survive. That was the whole thing. But they also had tag matches. So here's the deal. In the first, <laughs> the first two Survivor Series, it was five tag teams versus five tag teams, meaning 20 motherfuckers were surrounding the side of the ring. It, it didn't. After the first two years, it didn't last because Vince realized you can't see shit, pal. Like you just couldn't see something in there. So you have twenty guys, you have ten tag teams, like on on the each apron. So they're surrounding the entire ring. So, but for the first two, it was kind of cool. If you go back and watch eighty seven and eighty eight Survivor Series, the I like the tag matches, uh, matches survivals. But um, in this particular one in eighty eight. At the very end, the whole thing, Demolition were tag champions. They were managed by Mr. Fuji, and they were heels. Powers of Pain came in as like, you know, they were supposed to be Road Warrior takeoffs. But they were going to be the faces because Vince didn't want to pay the Road Warriors at the time the money that they wanted to come in. So he hired the Powers of Pain, which were always regarded as Road Warrior ripoffs, even though Demolition was as well. So it's funny how two Road Warrior ripoffs were in a feud in WWF against each other. Anyway, I digress. So... We go into Survivor Series and Demolition, they're the champions and the heels with Fuji as their manager and Powers of Pain are faces. So they did a double turn at the end of the match where um, uh, Fuji was managing Demolition. Everything was going fine. You get down to the last teams where it was Demolition had the advantage. It was Demolition and the Conquistadors of all tag teams against the Powers of Pain at the very end. Everybody else had been eliminated. So then they do this thing where a smash goes off the ropes. Fuji hooks them in a rope with his cane, pulls smash out, causing smash to crash on the floor. And then Axe coming over to Fuji going, what, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing? Why would you do that? And Fuji's like, I'm the boss. You just do what I say. And Axe is like, you just pulled smash out. Why would you do that? And then powers of pain came up behind or no, uh, excuse me. Smash comes up from behind, throws Fuji in the ax, Axe slams Fuji on the outside. And then, um, they get in the ring, and then I don't remember how it... Oh, no, sorry. Demolition gets counted out because when Fuji pulled Smash out, the ref counted Smash out. Then they had, like, this whole fight. So the finals of that Survivor Series match was the Conquistadors of all teams against Powers of Pain. So after um, Axe Slam Fuji, they leave, Demolition does, and then uh, Powers of Pain come up, and they pick Mr. Fuji off the off the apron or the the mats on the outside, brush him off, and they pretty much you know give him the nod like you're our guy now. And then they beat Conquistadors, and at the end of the the match, Fuji comes back in the ring and celebrates with his new team, Powers of Pain. Demolition come out, they beat the shit out of the Powers of Pain and Fuji, and throw them outside the ring, and then Demolition stand tall. Standard time from Houston at the summit. Fuji, stooge, your men ain't so bad, are they? We are. Ask your men what they felt like. It hurts, don't it? Well, this time, it's our match. It's a no DQ. Bring that kid in. We're going to shove it right up your nostrils. Anything goes. That's our ball game. Remember, Fuji? Remember how you used to water at the mouth when we got this type of a match? The powers of pain. They've never been in World War III. We've just declared World War III. The problem is, my explanation right there is super confusing and that's exactly the way unfortunately the storyline came across the only reason why i wanted to note this was because a double turn would become famous a lot later right cuz with a certain guy are you there cuz <laughs> jesus I was Sorry, fucking I was jackass 
Reading some Survivor. You were reading Reader's Digest. He, he gave you the ultimate softball. Jesus he sure did. And you were reading. What a jackass! I feel deflated. You well, should, because that double turn was about me. No, I was because when so you anyway. said, "Oh no, 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 what, no," because what, what, what were you reading? No. I was just looking at all these fucking names when you when you started saying like how many people on each side of the ring. I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ, dude. Oh yeah, it was a it was a, a, a spectacle for sure. Don't don't defend him. No, no, no. I'm just, you're right. I'm just being honest. You're right, I'm just you're right Dave. I was reading. And then no, you're right, cuz. You're right, cuz. No, 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 no. No, you're right, Dave. I got right, zoned Dave. in. If you're going to be in the moment, just be in the moment, man. Dave's right. Dave's I got right. zoned in on all, all the names. What's no, Dave, on? you know what? Cuz has a point there. Why don't you zone right. in on the most important name? Moving on. Ron Moving on. So anyway, so the reason why I named this double turn, because this was a kind of a forgotten Survivor Series moment. It rather Well, there was. Years later, they do it at a little event called WrestleMania 13, oh, and they do a double turn Austin. with Austin and, and Brett, and that worked to a T. That was super clear and concise. Apparently, they needed to practice way back here in 1988, and it was muffled and not so clear. But if you go back and watch 88, it was actually a double turn. They meant to turn demolition from heel to face and powers of pain from face to heel, and they did it here. Go back and watch it. Now that I'm talking about it, if you go back and watch it, you're going to be like, yeah, that's totally clear. But really, when they did it in real life, it was kind of like a what the fuck just happened right now. So it was really it was really weird. So it was a cool moment for Survivor Series. Again, even though Cuz totally fucking fucked me on this one. Sorry about that. Um, it plays in the Survivor Series. <laughs> did, did you I'm reading? Did you want to say anything? What are you reading? Di- what are you reading? Dianetics? Yes, I'm reading Dianetics. <laughs> no, Sorry. no, no. I'm reading. It, I'm reading all. The, <laughs> I'm reading the matches and every everyone involved in each match. And I just got zoned in. Yeah. I'm like, Powers of Pain, The Rockers, The Hard Foundation, Demolition. I'm just Arn Anderson, Tolly Blanchard. I'm just looking at all the names I got zoned D- in. Dave, go on to the next match yeah, before please. I cry. <laughs> well, the next match does talk about the person that you were just talking about. Mm-hmm. This is a good one. <sighs> okay. This is a good one. We're going to fast forward into 2014. We're going to talk about uh, what some people say is the greatest Survivor Series elimination match ever. Um, we had some debuts here. Uh, we had um, an amazing soul survivor. We we have a lot of twists and turns. This is Team Authority versus Team Cena back dead. in 2014, a Survivor Series. What's going on here? Team Authority. What isn't going on here? Jesus right? Christ. Um, Stipulations. Like, yeah, a lot of people do. I I, I think I to this day, it's my opinion. It's it's the best booked Survivor Series match. Agreed. Traditional of all time. I like, it agree. was fucking awesome. Like, it was like 40 minutes. I'm I might be making that time up, but I, it was like 30 it, right? to 40 or minutes long. 52 minutes. Oh, what? I think it's 50. Yeah, I think it's, it's the fucking longest. even. Yeah, it was. They took their time and they told a great story. And it just shows that when you tell stories in wrestling, oh, my God, it means something. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm yeah, really Samoa upset Joe. right now because like it's fucking ridiculous. Like it's this is only 2014. It's only 2019 right now. It's not that long ago where you knew how to fucking tell a story like it's it's amazing to me like. This is, in my opinion, the greatest Survivor Series elimination match ever. And uh, Sting also, Sting, WCW fame Sting, makes his WWE debut in this match as well and costs cost the ending, cost Team Authority to lose. Dolph Ziggler, the internet favorite. Yes. The most, where most people are like, you shit on this guy. Why are you shitting on this guy? Push Dolph Ziggler, blah, blah, blah. Fucking pin Seth Rollins at the end to win the match. And uh, 
after you know, this, you know, what's, uh, you know what's funny about this too is that it wasn't even the it wasn't even um, this was the first Survivor Series since 2001 not to feature a World Championship match. So they kind of put it back into the fold, yeah. of a main event. You know, sorry, go ahead. Oh and he pulls Ziggler into the cover of Seth Rollins. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah, dude. No, you're right. And uh, and everybody knows after this, Dolph Ziggler, like I said, was a sole survivor, and he went on to. They did not botch his career after this, and they pushed him. He is multiple time world champion. Yeah. He beat The Rock in the main event That's... the next year, and then Stone Cold Steve Austin came out of retirement, and Ziggler beat him as well. And then the year after that, Cena comes out, and Ziggler. Oh no. Yeah. No, no, none of that happened. Nope. Yeah. So they fucking put the rocket on Dolph Ziggler. They make, and then they do nothing and with they him. They shit on his up. career. You know, I just praised That's WWE in one up. one side for fucking telling a good story, and then they fucking fuck it up again. Like, yep. good sweet lord. Like, good god. But, but. I will not be negative. This match is, to me, the greatest single Survivor Series elimination match ever. Sting it debuts. Is. The place went fucking nuts for him. It was really cool to see Sting from WCW finally, even though it was way past his prime, finally step foot in a WWE ring. It was pretty cool. It was really cool. Amazing. Go back and watch this. It was awesome. Just the way it The moment off. where he comes down. Yeah, where he comes down and uh, and and Triple H is staring at him, and then he ends up giving Triple H the back reverse reverse yeah. DDT. Scorpion death me. drop. Uh, that was awesome. That was awesome. just everything though like the the story like there was like that's why in last week's episode when i said uh even even if they did the smackdown versus raw stuff as long as there's like high stakes involved something you know worthwhile that and this was this was the fucking match that's why yeah so they had that they had the high stakes involved and then this like what a great what a great moment just even but even the beginning like like the funny part where uh where Triple H is pumping up Mark Henry. He's like, yeah, like, you know, they're talking to him and pep talking him in the corner. And then Mark Henry walks away before it's before the match starts. And he's like, big show standing across from him in the ring. And he's all after I whip your ass, I'm going to whip your ass. And he starts pointing at each one on the team. And he goes back to Triple H and then the bell rings. And he runs at big show and gets knocked out right then and there and fucking lose it. And then the look on Triple H's face, like just all the little moments in there. Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah, of course, Sting and Ziggler, or uh, Sting helping Ziggler win, and Sting debuted, and, and the stare off with the Triple H and the This Is Awesome chance. All of it was great. Yeah, it was. Yeah, fucking great match. This was a really, really great match for sure. Right, Dave? 
Absolutely. Sorry, I had to mute that for a second. There was a lot going on in the background. I don't know. Uh, oh, well, someone's dying of a cough back there, I hear. Yeah, I'm sorry. You guys have to have a high filter um, going into this one. So, um, and I'll have to go take care of that after. So, anyway, uh, we're going to have one more segment we're going to talk about. And I think it is one of the best for last. Uh, this well, is the first match of a few that is absolutely insane. Um, it actually is. Um, what what many consider to be the beginning of the Attitude Era. We're talking about uh, Bret Hart versus Steve Austin in '96 at Survivor Series. This they they've had epic matches anyway. This obviously does not disappoint, even though it's their first one. Um, gosh, Bret's a dang genius. We all know that. We've we've praised him several times in this episode. I think we we didn't give him enough credit when we were younger. Now we realized how just genius that son of a biscuit was. And, you know, Stone Cold is just white hot what? coming in, right? So, yeah, shut up. God. What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, uh, I'm sorry. Not, well, yeah, you know, let's try this. Let, let's try it one more time. Because why don't you give us the backstory of what's going on in this match and what happens during and what's I, the payoff? I know Bret Hart. Oh, no. Sorry. sorry I was reading. I, I just, uh, oh, sorry. <laughs> I know uh, Bret Hart. This is so, it, so, Jess, this is the part I don't remember, though. What? What was Brett returning from? Was it an injury or was it one of his? Um, no, um, no, um, he left. Uh, he lost to Michaels at WrestleMania oh, 12 in right. the Iron Man yeah, to lose right. the title. And they were get, the, the whole plan was to put the strap on Michaels anyway. So Brett went away to film like Lonesome Dove and like other yeah, things. Right. And he was actually going to his contract was expiring. And um, and but he wanted to take some time off. He'd been honestly like running really hard since forever. You know, since like 85 when Can't he came in. So um. He needed some time off. That's basically what the set was. So when he came back, it was like uh, Brett was like, I want to work with someone cool. And they were like, who do you want to work with? And Brett said, I want to work with Austin. I know his work. He's a great worker, um, but I really like him. And I think that like his character could benefit from me because Austin had already done the King of the Ring. Austin 316 says, switch your ass. He did the whole thing and he was kind of floundering. So they were sort of trying to figure out how the fuck do we get Austin this character in? And this is all the classic promos. If you put S in front Uh. of Brett's name, you have my exact opinion of the hitman. Put an S in front of it, shit man. And the whole thing. Uh. Like, so it was awesome. And uh, this this Survivor Series match was just a regular. It was before the WrestleMania 13 match. It was one on one. It was just, it was awesome. It was really cool. It was a great match. This is well, and then uh, Bret Hart. I love it because he puts over Austin. Like even like like how you said I wanted to work with Austin. He translates that on the promos where he says, "I said I want to work with the best in the world, and the best in the world, the man I want to face at Survivor Series, Stone Cold." You know, putting him over in the promos. Yeah, um, he, that just told you everything right there. And then I, I to me, one of the more underrated Stone Cold uh, lines: "Cliches are cliches, and an ass whooping is an ass whooping, and that's the bottom line." With a uh, fucking Todd Pettengill. <laughs> Fucking interviewing both of them. Yeah, yeah. The fucking great, man. Great, great fucking promo. And this and you know, the and the ending of the match was booked so well because it didn't bury Austin. Um, you know, they fought a really competitive match, a good match. Both guys can work really well. Brett didn't lose a step. And uh the ending came when uh Austin decided to not do his newly formed stunner move. Um, he wanted to go back to the old million dollar dream move, which he had done as a million dollar champion and uh, as a ringmaster. 
So he puts Brett in the million dollar uh, dream, the hold, the sleeper hold, and Brett walks him to the ropes, kicks off the turnbuckles, and falls back on Austin and pins Austin. And uh, Austin gets up all pissed off because he wasn't dominated. He just got caught and he got, you know, Brett got lucky and pinned him. So it gives Brett the win on his re-debut, you know, after he'd been off for a while. and But Austin still got pissed off and stunned the ref afterwards and got the crowd to cheer. Sleeper on the point of Brett Hart. Let's see what the hitman can do. Watch his back. And uh, it was awesome. Like, they still, again, this is the beginning of the whole. A lot of people say that this is the beginning of the Attitude Era. And I know a lot of people say it was when Sean stuffed his tights, you know back in 97 or in the future in 97 where he stuffed his tights that kind of became you know but I, this was the beginning of the attitude era to me because Austin was saying edgy stuff like yeah. you know he didn't say the word shit but he's like if you want my opinion of the hitman Bret Hart put S in front of hitman and you have my exact opinion and he was like doing edgy stuff like that and Austin was really like this heel but he was saying funny shit and after the match even if he would lose he would stun the ref and be like you suck you know and like and it was just kind of like people the audience was changing and i think austin knew that and he was trying to feel that out and vince and them were trying to to book appropriately because they weren't really on board yet either you know yeah. so they were trying to figure out like how do we how do we edgy you make this edgy how do we do this and so it just all this match really to me to me in november of 96 begun the attitude era in my opinion well, even you can't you can't ignore the the little remember the little vignettes too stone cold in the uh, alleyway with the chain link fence I ain't no sexy. Yes, yeah. You lost to the boy toy, Shawn Michaels. I ain't no sexy boy. What a load of crap. So, Rich, you're coming back to continue a legacy? Uh-huh. Stone Cold's going to make your comeback a living hell. You can start begging for some mercy you right now. Beg for you're mercy. not going to find it. I think you're completely pathetic. You're the best there is, was, and ever will be. Whatever. Son, you're looking at the best there Austin is. Austin 316 rules. I will kick your pink and black ass all over the garden. I'm going to end your you legacy. You will beg for mercy. You know, Brett, the whole world knows that you quit the WWF you quit. because you lost to Shawn Michaels. The pretty boy. The boy toy. Kick your ass back to Canada. You couldn't face yourself and you can't fucking face you ran away in shame. You have picked another time to come back, son. No sexy when the boy. bell rings. Yeah. And then those, uh, those are fantastic promos. Well, then and little side notes in there, Dave. A little foreshadowing. Yeah. When while uh, Austin was uh, dominating Brett uh, during one part of the match, Jim Ross and Vince McMahon pumping up another superstar that he would have a feud with, The Rock. I just thought it was funny that they were talking about The Rock and pumping him up, saying what a future he's going to have while Austin was in the ring wrestling. To me, that was just a little, you know, cool little moment. Little I mean, nobody knew at that point, but yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty poetic at that yeah. point. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty poetic. And you know, to the point, these these, these promos are fantastic. The mat, the first match is. Uh, white hot, you know, creates just a ton of buzz and flair. And then they go to WrestleMania and have what some people argued to be the greatest match of all time. So, like you said, saving face, all the stuff mattered. The way Stone Cold lost, the way he loses again, um, 
just shows the resilience of Stone Cold and how he just the 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 never say die, never give up, and then he's able to turn it up a notch. Uh, by being able to whip his boss's ass every single week, which is what everybody loved to see. And it all sparks from, once again, a Survivor Series match when you think about it, because without without Brett, like you said, Stone Cold might have, uh, I don't want to say floundered. I probably still would have gotten over, but I don't know if he would have gotten over the weight, you know, of this nostalgic level that no one Brett, probably man. will ever match. Brett put him over. I mean, I Brett, agree. Did, Brett did the work, man. Promo was and, uh, in the ring. Well, yeah, and that's... That's what's so amazing about this stuff. And that's why we always continue to praise Brett because Brett knew this is the guy I got to get over. This is what makes sense. This is what's going to make a ton of money. And gosh, was was Brett right? Along with a few other people. But, you know, they had to be forced to see it, you know, eventually. But they finally got on right. board and uh, brings on one of the greatest eras of all time, if not the best era of all time uh, in wrestling. You know, I know Jess would say Correct. NWO, but that's a whole other story. No, uh, no. I don't Okay, okay. As always, you can reach us via Instagram at OWP2019, SoundCloud at Our Wrestling Podcast, YouTube at Our Wrestling Channel, or do the easy thing, download WrestlePost at No Charge to You, and join us along with other great podcasts of the day. Do you guys have anything else you would like to add before we shut it down on Survivor Series? No, it it is cool. I'm glad we did a two-little episode. It wasn't part one and part two, but it was like paying tribute to Survivor Series. Like It is a really cool pay-per-view. A lot of people do not realize that it's the number two show, you know, in in the sense. I know SummerSlam, as far as importance, has kind of become the number two show, but it was literally the second show that Vince decided to put as like a pay-per-view, like this is a staple in our pay-per-view schedule. Yeah. So uh, Survivor Series is really really cool. It's gone through a lot of different changes. Some good, some bad, and I hope we did a good job in highlighting some of the good. Yeah, sure. Cuz, would you like to read anything else? No. Yeah, I'm just uh, <laughs> just gonna keep doing Jesus my thing Christ. here, man. <laughs> All right, yeah, this is Dave, Justin, Cuz with the OWP. Have a good one. Look at the size of that airlock. Look at the size of that airlock. <laughs>